to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. I didn't do my homework this week. Why? What was it? The oh. goose thing. <laughs> I was like, geese facts. What was it? Geese enthusiasts? I don't know. Uh, what they what they call themselves, like geek mm. fans? Was that it? <laughs> Maybe. Are you sure? It was a while ago. Oh like one week ago. One week ago. So long ago. I'm surprised you just didn't come in with a goose fact. I should. I should have like prep, like just goose mm. facts and just kick off every gaggle of gigs. With, <gasps> with a, like, like an, an extra special extra. nugget of great gooseness. <laughs> Hello, my name is Sophie. And I am Tali. This is Gaggle of Geeks, the pop and geek culture podcast on 2SER, where we just chat about everything in between, really. Yeah, pretty much. And it's pretty exciting this weekend. I mean, we're, we're reaching Halloween. Halloween is next week. Yes. The 31st of October, just in case for some reason you do not know that. <laughs> Look, some people just don't know Halloween mm. because it's Australia and oh. they get really annoyed because they're like, Halloween is an American holiday. <laughs> but let's be honest, like, even though it might not be our holiday, we still get to embrace the perks of Halloween, which I'm very excited for. You get to go trick-or-treating. Yep. Which just seems like a whole lot of stranger danger. I once tried to do that. <laughs> I've lived my whole life with houses that didn't come onto the like the road. And yep. so last year I lived in a house that the door was like very close to the road and I was like, Oh my god, it is time. I'm gonna go trick or treating. I like I think I went to Woolworths or Coles or one of your <laughs> supermarkets. I bought one of those cauldrons that they have. Mm-hmm. I filled it up with a whole lot of chocolates. I think I even got some fake cobwebbing situation oh going my on gosh. there. And I was ready. I was so, so ready. <laughs> and then no one knocked on your door. No one knocked on the door. But luckily my best friend lived just straight away. And so she's like, how's the trick-or-treating? And I was like, no one's arrived. And I had like my skeleton jumper on and everything. And I was so sad. And then the next thing I know, there was a knock and it was her. She's like, trick-or-treat. <laughs> and I literally just threw this whole cauldron at her. So I'm just saying, Both. yeah, I'm like, I'm just saying that if you ever want to get some free tro- chocolate on the October 31st, just come to my place and just make my dreams come true. See, this is the problem when there's lollies or chocolates in my house. Yeah. I'm like, why would I give that away to small uh, children? I'd rather just eat that on the couch while Netflixing. Well, this is one of the things that that was like, the children need to come and get the chocolate off me because I cannot control <laughs> myself. Not to mention when no one's turning up, I'm like, I'm just going to eat my feelings with the chocolate. So, uh, I mean, I'm happy to give them some stale crackers. I mean, oh my, you're <laughs> one of those people. Oh, well, I'm like. Yeah, uh, have a box of sultanas. I just, I'm keeping the good stuff for myself. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. If your parents can't get you chocolate, yeah, that's not on me. That's not on me. Yeah. yeah. Also, if, your teeth are rotting. It's an epidemic. Dentists would love you. <laughs> I mean, your dentist won't because no. you're there eating all the chocolate, but it's like, well done, Sophie. Protecting the kids' <laughs> mouths from cavities. <laughs> but it is exciting um, back to Halloween mm. because all the spooky stuff comes out, all the I movies know. and the shows. And one of our personal favourites, the revival of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which yes. releases on Netflix today, October the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's out right now because it would probably be oh, US American. timing. Damn, those little Because I remember that happened to me when I was like, Jess Jones launches oh. today. And I was like, midday. I've got time off. What, yeah. When can I watch it? What can I watch it? And it's like, it doesn't actually it doesn't... drop for us till like later in the evening. Such so, liars. Such know, liars. Right. But I am embracing all the hype that's come around to the mm. new Sabrina, which looks very dark, as we discussed last week. It's yeah. not the 90s Melissa Joan Hart that mm-hmm. we have all come to love. This is like Sabrina got some issues and Sabrina got to deal with it with witchcraft is the darkness yeah. that is being. But one of the most biggest things about the 90s series was Salem. <gasps> the cat. Yes. The talking cat. The Salem. sassy cat. Sailor Saberhagen. Yeah. Who was, what was, he was like some kind of warlord who tried to take over the world and then yeah. they literally imprisoned him like they do in witchy worlds to live life as a cat. I think it, it was not, like it was, a thousand years Yeah, as a cat. it wasn't a life sentence, but no. it was definitely a, you, you, this is your punishment. Yeah, so. Yeah. He was just yeah, a warlock intent on taking over the world. Yeah. Yep. Um you know, was gets really excited over catnip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The quintessential black cat that was just a little bit spooky, a little bit eerie. Sometimes was like the voice of reason for Sabrina and other times was like, Sabrina, you will be my vessel of which I will still try my schemes to take over the world. I, I did appreciate it. Yeah. I, I think he was just the funny, he was the comic yeah. relief. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially when he was the voice of reason when Sabrina aunts were just kind of going off in really yeah. weird tangents. He was the one to bring them back to reality yeah. Yeah. in a witching world and you're yeah. like, Oh, oh okay. <laughs> this is this is this is where you get your wisdom from. The family black cat, cat. that can talk, that can yeah. do all those things. But yeah, in the release of the new Sabrina. He's not in it that much, it seems. Well, no, but he did walk the red carpet. He did. There was a real life black kitty on the red carpet yeah. um, earlier this week. It is the absolute cutest. It's also very quintessential black cat. Like, I don't, obviously the cat wasn't how, how acting. black can the cat get? It's a quintessential well, black cat. No, but I mean, in the spookiness, there's, there was just a certain eeriness to that cat. Like, I swear the photos that I saw, and I know that cats can't act, and I know that the cat wasn't just like, give us your most menacing look, and it did. But there was something about I looking think, at Salem that pierced my soul. I think he was just terrified by the cameras. Maybe that's what it was, <laughs> and like, it was evoking that terror. Just into, like, yeah. oh, what is this? In, okay. Hi, everyone. I'm just going to keep walking. This is cool. No one look at me. But the fun fact of the new series is that they, Salem does appear he in does in um the um the new series but the actress who plays Sabrina um Kin Kin and Shipka yeah. is allergic to cats so they couldn't feature him as much <laughs> So Which is sad. amazing. But I also like that the showrunner entertained the idea of like maybe we'll make Salem a dog. Like <laughs> I was like no way that's not going to work. Can you imagine if Salem was like a big black labrador? Like, oh my the god. The of all dogs with its little lollopy limbs. Yeah. Like yeah. No. Hello. I am Salem. I'm here to help you, Sabrina. <laughs> it's like a Scooby Doo in the witchcrafting world that he's just gone to the other side. The, yeah, there's no way that that ends well. 
Yeah, it will. No, I really <laughs> like, I think that there is something, I'm obviously a dog person, but I think mm-hmm. that there's something menacing in cats that obviously. Yeah, I love them both. Ah, oh, see, but I think like by judging by this new Sabrina is they want that dark menacing, mm-hmm. like that undercurrent of spookiness that I just don't feel like a black Labrador would bring. It's like dark, 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 dark. Oh, puppy. Uh, oh. oh, maybe like a black German shepherd because they're quite tough. Tough. Can you get full black German shepherds? Yeah, though? you can. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. They're a thing. I was just also thinking other dogs. I was like, you couldn't get a pug. No one would take a pug seriously. Could you imagine? Like, as like the- Frank from, um, what was it, Men in Black? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the talking pug. Alien. Well, see, the thing is, is like pugs are known for their breathing and their respiratory problems because their faces are so smushed in. Yeah. But I could just imagine the scene where Sabrina and her like little coven are doing a spell and all you hear is this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Salem the pug. We really didn't think this through. Uh, I'm sure there are many breeds of dog that could have been. I mean, like. A black mm. Pomeranian. Yeah, no. <laughs> because, you know, Poms are pretty, they're, they're pretty feisty yeah. little things. <laughs> and when he's like angry with the world, he's just like, ah, like tiny little dogs going like a on. little chihuahua, yeah. like napping. <laughs> napping. Napping at just like, Okay. And this is why we would not be animal casting on the new Sabrina. Oh. The chilling adventures of Sabrina mm. with oh. a little chihuahua. <laughs> no, terrible. I love that when you kind of acron. I was like acronymize it, and I'm like, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> when it's an acronym, it's K A O S, which yeah. kind of looks like chaos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, skills. Mm. Skills. Whoever did that. Well done, kiddies. Such a good thing. Well done. But it does premiere this week. And it does. And the what I also loved is that the cast of old Sabrina, our favourites, mm-hmm. actually wished them or witched them the new cast Best Witches, which was delightful. So tomorrow, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina drops on Netflix, and I just wanted to send my best witches to Kieran and Shipka, a.k.a. the new Sabrina Spellman. By the way, from one Sabrina to the other, if you're ever given the choice between a broom and a vacuum, choose the vacuum. I just wanted to say hello to the new Harvey, Ross Lynch. I hear the new Sabrina is scarier and pretty damn twisted. I'm rooting for you, buddy. Stay alive. I just want to say best witches to Lucy Davis for being Aunt Hilda 2.0. And now I get to be at a candy. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see the chilling adventures of Sabrina. I can't tell you how excited I am to see the new chilling adventures of Sabrina. And Miranda Otto, I wish you all the best. From our coven to yours, best, best witches. Best witches. <laughs> what I really love about that is just how it was obviously someone, some kid in marketing's idea. Yeah. And it's like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get the old Sabrina to wish best of luck to the new Sabrina. And the fact that they just keep on going, we wish best witches for the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Like it's just to like hit your cues. These are the marks to keep on saying. Or someone's it. like, you must include this pun and I don't care how yeah. dad it is. You are including like, this you pun. You doing it. Also, Nate Richard, he has changed since his Harvey days. I used to adore him as Harvey. I know, with his like floppy hair. 
And now and it's, it's just, just like, like, I don't think there is any yeah. hair underneath that hat. And he's got a really weird beard going on. Oh, yeah. It was not amazing. I still love the Caroline Rhea. Yeah, Aunt Hilda. She was always my favorite mm. aunt. Aunt Zelda was very serious. Like, yeah. well done to Beth Broderick for bringing the, the seriousness. And obviously, you you can't have two crazy aunts. You no. have to have one who plays a bit straight. But Caroline they Rhea. aged a day, I should no, say. exactly. She's exactly <laughs> the same as she was. 500 years old and they're still going strong. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, of course, Melissa Joan Hart with the reference to the vacuum cleaner because Sabrina did used to get around on a vacuum cleaner. Remember Does her m- closet? Oh, yeah. They could take it to other – it was a, like a portal. Yes. Oh. It was the wash – it was like the laundry um, – the laundry cupboard. Yeah. And then I remember once there was an episode where they, like Sabrina brought her first human friends over. It was the one who was all – Valerie. Was it Valerie? No, Valerie was the mean girl. Oh, which one was it? Are you sure? No, it was no. Libby was the mean girl. Oh, Libby Valerie. was Valerie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Valerie was the one with the dark hair, and so she had her first like human friend come over. And Sabrina had like drilled her pair, like her aunts, to be like, "These are the only topics we can talk about because they are very generic, and it won't get in into any witchcrafty or worldy way." Oh no, it wasn't. Oh, I just realised it wasn't Valerie. It was the one before. Boy, it was Jenny with the curly hair. High school one. Yes. Anyway, so back then to it. <laughs> back to the talking topics. So Sabrina had literally said, like, you can talk about, like, no, this is too, no, no, no. You can only talk about towels. What towels do you want to use? What linens are good? She's like, they're totally safe topics. But then what had happened is Jenny was like, oh, the aunts really talked about towels during dinner. I'm just going to go have a look at their laundry cupboard <laughs> and then it's just transported into this other realm. Oh. So it was just to stay out a, of the laundry slash yeah. linen closet. And it was like Penn and Teller. Which one was it? Penn. He used to play like some kind of witchy judge. Oh, the Sabrina. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so he was there at the other side. It worries me so much that I have such deep recollection of Sabrina, like movies and no, like, TV shows and I episodes. I think that's fine. I still remember when Britney was on it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were some classic moments on that show. It's so great. Yeah. I hope that the new series has the same kind of classic episodes that people will love and remember for years to come. <laughs> I don't know if you have the same lightheartedness. But... Oh, no, definitely not. Do you know if all the episodes drop tonight or if it's I like a weekly sh- sitch? I think it should be because it's a Netflix series. Well, see, this is oh, what no, happens with Rivet- a good place. They... Oh, but Riverdale is weekly drop, isn't it? Yeah. That's Ooh. what I'm saying is it gets popular and then Netflix makes us wait. I don't know that. Look, we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait and see. I know that the release was for October 26th, which we assume is American, so maybe it's tomorrow, and then we'll find out the answers to our questions. All the questions. All the questions will have answers. Beautiful. (laughs) In a surprise to absolutely no one, we did not practice that. (laughs) Um. But speaking of awesome ladies, yes, Doctor Who this week. Oh my God, was so good. I am going to admit, I wasn't a huge Doctor Who fan Mm. before this series. Jodie Whittaker really pushed me over the line. I really loved the first episode. And now, changed woman, every Monday, I'm like, 
Monday is a Doctor Who kind of time. Um, and this episode this week is by far, well, she says by far when I've only watched four, <laughs> by far the best Doctor Who episode that I have ever seen. It was centred on Rosa Parks. So mm-hmm. instead of going to a different world is they went back in time, like the TARDIS kind of took them there. Yeah. And like obviously Jodie Whittaker and the Doctor in general is there to help. And in this episode they help by not by not helping. Like they had to just let the timeline go because this like evil criminal duty thing had realized that that was a really pivotal moment. Like Rosa Parks refusing to give up her seat was a really pivotal moment mm. in the civics, in the civic rights, civil, civil rights, rights movement. movement. You get that. We're getting there. The <laughs> civil rights movement. So he just goes, well, change happens like one small step at a time. So if I effectively don't throw the pebble into the pool, i.e. Rosa Parks doesn't refuse to um, stand up and let go mm. of her seat then all this other change won't happen. So, yeah, Old Man Evil was like, I'm going to make that happen. And then it was literally the doctor and her little friend's job to make sure everything happened. The thing I loved about this is, like, when they do do historic uh, episodes, it's they're kind of they're fun and it's like, oh, we meet this character and this character, but it's never like that amount of social commentary yeah. around it. The fact that they kind of went in and were like, we're going to really connect yeah. this with issues that affect us today, yeah. like racism yeah, and, and just like, how brutal they mm. were to Ryan, who is a black London, oh, not London, black Sheffield man. Yes. <laughs> and this was the thing mm. too, is that like Ryan and Yaz having that conversation in the alleyway as well, yeah. where they were talking about the police because the police had come and at that stage, the doctor and Graham were inside. They were both mm. white. They were obviously safe. And then Yaz and Ryan went and hid in the bathroom and then like out into an alley because they were afraid this policeman was like mm. very much because the whole like kind of world was in back in the fifties was like, we don't serve Negroes. They're not good enough. This is this. There was obviously some lynching going on. There was some violence. There were deaths. Like it was a whole world. And so Ryan and Yaz have this conversation effectively about like police interactions, racial interactions, which is of course of 2018 that's now. Mm. And it was just to have that really frank conversation. And the other really powerful thing about the about episode. Him, I love about how he was just like saying, my nana was told me, do mm. not get angry. Yeah. Because that's when things escalate. Yes. Yeah. While, you know, as while Yaz was just like saying, you know, people call me all these racial slurs. Like, yeah. she's more the go back to your own country yeah. types. Or saying packy. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing I also found really interesting about when Yaz was getting on the bus, she didn't know where to sit. Yes. Because she was kind of seen, they saw her as Mexican. Yeah. Which in the scheme of things was seen a bit more of a model minority yeah. in that day. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know actually no, where, where to sit yeah. because I'm not considered as yeah. like dirt to be sitting at the back, yeah. But I'm I shouldn't be sitting at the front. Either. And then at the same time, yeah. it's like your rules are stupid, yeah, because your rules make no sense. Absolutely not. And that's what it was like a really powerful um, episode, and it was during UK Black History Month, which kind of worked mm. into the whole thing. But it was also really powerful. I thought that they didn't skirt away. Like you're supposed to feel uncomfortable. Like they mm. said things like Negro and Packy and all this mm. stuff directed. White only, yeah, yeah. So that you go, oh, this is what it would have been like, yeah. 
and the role that they all played in just keeping making sure that that timeline stayed the same, which yeah. is what I thought was really interesting. And the other thing too is like when Doctor Who would have originally started, it wouldn't have been that long after Rosa Parks originally. So it is how old is it now? It's about fifty-five years old now. Yeah, if and I've got my maths right. And then Rosa Parks was in nineteen fifty-five, so, so it would have been started. So Doctor Who started in the sixties. So yeah, 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 not too far not out. Too far afterwards. And then the, just the really nice moment at the end where it was like you know that. Rose's life wasn't made easier the moment she stood like refused mm. to give up her seat it's like she still had to try she still had to fight but then she changed the universe and then they saw that the asteroid that was named after yeah. Rosa Parks and it was like yeah this is she literally has changed the universe for multiple yeah. reasons I mean it wasn't a perfect episode though because a lot of people did have criticism about it particularly black people because Rosa it was never a spontaneous act yeah it yeah. was always planned. planned. Yeah. And the fact they kind of said, oh, it's spontaneous. They go, well, like, it took away how much planning went from yeah. other yeah. communities who were trying to make a difference. And they yeah. chose Rosa specifically because two other girls who were like younger yeah. teens, one was a very young mother. Yeah. They had refused to stand earlier in the months prior. Yeah. yeah. But because they weren't seen as a good figurehead yeah. and because they were young, they're more likely to be arrested yep. and probably not been a good face for such a movement yep. than yep. an older mm. woman refusing yep. to stand. Yeah. And the thing about Doctor Who is it's it's interesting because when you do those stories, like, okay, of course, this is sci-fi. Yeah. This won't be completely accurate. But as an entry point for kids watching. Oh, absolutely. They might believe that as gospel. Yeah. Which is a bit problematic because they're like oh either that you can go research more yeah but not everyone will do that yeah and they will take that as the actual history but then you've got on the reverse of that is Mm. people who might not have any idea who rosa parks is Mm -hmm. and so then you go oh at least i'm getting a little bit and you go oh i'm going to research more about her Mm. so it is on both sides yeah i think like and i think the thing was it was written by the first black Black. female writer on doctor who yeah which is Amazing in itself. And it's like, okay, Mm. but we need more stories like this with more writers like that so we can get those stories right. Right there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But in terms of episodes, I really, I really liked it. It was really good. It's pushing in a new direction that I am loving so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So keep doing what you're doing, Doctor Who. In more exciting Doctor Who news, contributor Kevin Suarez actually got to speak to Mandip Gill, who plays Yaz on the show. Can you believe here is his chat now? Was working in Doctor Who how you imagined it? I didn't, I didn't, like, before I got the audition, I didn't imagine it. I didn't know what it would be like. I thought it would, I thought it was worlds away from um, anything I'd be able to do or be in. And then when I got it, I was just like, I actually don't know, like, you can't, expect anything because it's just so random and then like you it turned out to be really random it turned out to be better than I expected it turned out that I'd made friends for life or I'd found this new city that I absolutely loved I've been taught so many things whilst doing this series about history and about space and time and it's just been it's just been mind-blowing and what I love is when we're on set doing something it often turns out that it looks very different uh, when it finally gets to screen. So for the nine-month process that I really enjoyed myself, I still have now like 10 episodes to enjoy with you guys because I have no idea what they look like. 
So often when you do other shows, you basically you know what it looks like because it's, 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 you know, drama, it's there and then nothing's added. But with all the visual effects and the sound and the grading and all the monsters added, it's, a complete, it's completely different. And so then I get, now I get double the time to enjoy it. When it comes to your character of uh, Yaz or Yasmin, uh, what did you want to bring to the character? I wanted, um, I mean, it was already written. There was this emphasis on truth when we went into the audition. Um, a lot of uh, truth in this series, a lot of drama and real connections and relationships. And I just wanted to embed that into my character. I wanted her to be a, a three-dimensional character um, with lots of faces and lots of genuine emotions. Like, I didn't want her to always be scared of a monster or always be upset at certain situations. I wanted to find them naturally and go, actually, uh, we've been on the TARDIS for X amount of time. How would she now react? this particular monster and then which and how is that different when she first sees her very first monster or the very first time she goes in space craft i just wanted it to be really truthful and wholesome and real so that every week people were finding a new little bit of yaz or can go she's real like i connect to her because this week actually she's upset like that might not have upset her last week but she's been on the tardis now for a little bit longer she's missing her family and that really does upset her this week Team Tardis met Rosa Parks with an amazing exploration of the civil rights movement and racism, both in the past and present. So will we see the Doctor delve into more contemporary uh, political issues such as racism and misogyny and so on? Um, yeah, you will do. Obviously, I can't say too much, but there is a few more episodes in which that is touched upon. Um, that, like Rosa Parks, are historical episodes that touch upon um, issues that are still prevalent now. Um, but I guess that's as far as I can go without ruining it. On a similar note, how has it been representing British Indians on the show? Well, my character play is... A, I'm Indian, my character's Pakistani, um, but just representing an Asian person, that's not a stereotype, that's a, a, a whole three-dimensional character, that's an ordinary person in extraordinary circumstances, um, is relatable, is um, is really important to me, and I'm I'm glad I've had the chance to do it with such an amazing um, team of writers, people of colour, you know, work with directors of colour. Um, I feel very fortunate that I'm in a place where I hope that there is a little shift in what is being created and also the shift in the stereotypes of Asian people. Like, we have amazing stories on Doctor Who and a lot of them are not to do with the fact that uh, Yaz is Asian. It just happens that she is Asian, um, but she's also a police officer and a young girl from Sheffield who misses her family is really excited to go on this journey and I think it's really clever how Chris I mean there's an episode about going back to India which has been revealed which is episode six the demons of the Punjab and I think it's really clever how he touches upon her being Asian and we go back and visit Yaz's history but at the same time not every episode is about how would Yaz react because she's Asian you know she's a person she's a young girl at the end of the day from Sheffield who has her own issues and her own struggles on this journey she just happens to be brown. For you personally, where or who in history would you like to meet or visit? So we get asked this question a lot and it does change because I'll answer it and then I'll go, I can do better than that. I have a TARDIS, like I can go anywhere and I've chosen that. And so I'm going to settle on the beginning of time. I'm going to go back and see how it was created, get all the facts. I know what I think. Obviously, other people believe in different religions and different sciences um, so I'd just love to go back and see if it was the Big Bang Theory, 
Steve evolution really happened. And let's see, like, see how we got here. Like, I'd love to go, like, we've, we've, you know, everyone's so hell-bent on going, oh, my God, I don't, you know, I don't want to go to hell. I'm going to be a good person. You know, me being that person, thinking that. And then in my head, I go, I don't know where I came from. Like, I don't know where I came from. Like, that, that's just as exciting and interesting and scary as where I'm heading. I'm so worried about where I'm heading, but where did I come from? How are the group dynamics, because you mentioned earlier um, working with the group and working with the people behind the scenes. So what are the group dynamics of the TARDIS team in front and behind the scenes? It's, I mean, it's quite similar, the, the dynamics, in that we just absolutely get along. Like, I did, we're just so lucky that the chemistry was there from the offset. There was no need for us to go for dinner or work together for a few weeks, warm to each other. We literally get on so well, we found the dynamic in our personal uh, relationships. And then, you know, there's, there's a different dynamic in the TARDIS. Like, for instance, on the TARDIS, Brad's character, um, Graham, is very serious, don't want to go along with it, very apprehensive. Whereas Brad in real life will genuinely throw himself downstairs just to make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a bit of Ryan and Graham's family life. So will we be seeing more insight into Yaz's family and into into her life in the upcoming episodes? Yeah, definitely. Um, we visit we the episode six, which has been released. Um, we visit Yaz's history. We we meet her mum in the next episode, which has also been released. My mum's played by um, Sherb Michalati. Um So we do touch upon it just as we have visited Brian's history. Um, which I think it's just that it's, you know, everyone's saying to me, oh, you know, we haven't seen much about Yaz, but it's, it's me. Chris has done this natural journey where you have time to breathe and, uh, you know, go on a journey with each character. And I think if you were bombarded with everybody's story in the beginning and forced to like these characters and invest in them, it'd be a bit overwhelming. I, think, I just love the way it's naturally breathing. You know, people feel like they know Ryan. He's developed over the last couple of episodes. He'll continue to develop, at which point you'll, you know, I was slowly, like, marinating in that mix, and then we go and see my family, and then we visit, you know, we, we touch on Graham's stuff. So I just think it just was really nicely done, and it allows people to invest in each character and see who they like, who they may not like, you know, that's fine. Mandip Gilda speaking with Kevin Suarez. I'm obsessed with her accent. It is great. She's from Mostly Leeds. Mostly Dawn. 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 It's a great old Northern England. Yes. <laughs> so great. I think I love her more, like, listening to her talk and just, it totally makes sense. Like, yeah, if you had a TARDIS, of course go back. <laughs> Figure out how everything started. Mm. How can I fix the earth now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, it was screwed. It's over. Bye. We, we've got 10 years. Yeah. Sorted. Mm. Nah, over. <laughs> this has gone really depressing now. Oh, I've got I know. Oh. It started out so happy and nice, and then the reality of the decade I that know. is to come. Oh. <laughs> so, like, how do we distract ourselves? More Netflix, more Netflix. <laughs> yes. But we'll keep it on the sad news because oh, okay. I don't know how else to go into this. But it was in um, Selma Blair this week. She oh. kind of mentioned on. Instagram that she's actually been suffering from MS for mm. over 
for what, 15 years now? Yes. So Selma, and it was a really raw post Mm. that she wrote that, of course, that's what's going to happen. And so she is currently filming Another Life, the Instagram, like science fiction drama. And so in the post that she was talking about was like, like essentially, hey, guys, I've got MS. I've been dealing it with for 15 years, but this is the reality of what my day to day looks like. And just how supportive her cast and crew and all the helpers have been. And also, like, the vulnerability that um, Selma had with her post to be mm. like, a, I had to ask for help for things like a, putting clothes on, getting around. She was prone to just falling down and doing, like, so yeah. they, I, I imagine that there would be a sense of vanity and proudness that would be for anyone just generally having to deal with um, their health deteriorating, that you would to some level try and be in denial and be like, no, just try and hide it, try and mask it, try and do all those things. Well, she was like, she first few twinges and falls, she's just like, just a clumsy day. Yeah, exactly. It was just another clumsy day. And that was the thing, like for most of us, we would be like, oh, I was like trying to write it off, it's all fine. But if your life is in front of a camera, like how – incredibly scary that would be and also in the kind of superficial world that is like tv business and shooting and stuff like that if you at any stage feel that you might be vulnerable or that something's changing that you have no control over just how scary that would be and so I think that not only did she open up and would obviously give like a great voice of support to people who are suffering with multiple sclerosis generally yeah but just the awareness that that creates and Mm. that just yeah I think that she was it always annoys me when people are like oh she's so brave to be living with the disease that she has like like, what else is her what else is she exactly (laughs) exactly but so I don't want to say that she's brave but I just want to say that like she's done such a great thing by being so open Mm -hmm. about it and being like this is the reality for me and obviously so many other people that are out there and just because I have MS it's not going to stop me so and it's it's hard because she's as an actor you use your body so much it's so physical it's so physical because you're using your body language to you know mm. emote what your what your character is doing or being yeah and to have that control taken away from you absolutely and then it's like oh like that take wasn't good because yeah, literally this. my body's not responding yeah. to what I'm trying to tell it yeah. to do. It was oh. like Michael J. Fox when mm. his Parkinson's, Parkinson's yeah. yeah, progressive like But got he quit worse. acting when he got yeah. it while she's pushing yeah. on and But the thing is is Michael J. Fox came back like he was mm. doing the good fight and he That's comes right. back as, you know, little performances here and there and obviously the the world that is Michael J. Fox, everyone's just like, we love you regardless. Mm. And his characters that he plays, it's obviously the shakes are there. And it's like as an audience member, you know that. But he's such a great actor. It totally detracts from yep. every part of it. So it's not the this huge big thing that, you know, people might see it to be. And I think, um, what was it, that Michael J. Fox was also in the – designated survivor as well he seems to play roles that are just like an advisor who comes and flows in Mm. he's very cutthroat gets into it and then just like leaves and does does the things that he needs to um but in the same way the awareness that he brought to 
Parkinson mm. is like Parkinson's disease is what Selma Blair will bring to multiple sclerosis. It's what mm. Angelina Jolie brought to breast cancer. Like the number mm. of women who went and got their breasts checked and made sure everything was all right after she announced that she got a double mastectomy, like a preventative one. It's one of those things that's like these celebrities, they have such huge profiles and admitting that they're yep. human, admitting that these are things happening is that they do create that space of awareness. Yeah. So from the sad news of her diagnosis, which yeah. is, you know, she has been living I mean, with yeah. for quite a and while. And if you want to go from a local angle, you can always look at like Tim Ferguson. Absolutely. And like, yeah. you know, he quit the Doug Anthony All-Stars. Yeah. And he didn't tell his co-stars until like a decade ago. Why it was. That, why yeah. it was that he had MS and it's like to hide like that. Yeah. And it's just so great to see like, no, people are now being really open yeah. about it. Because, you know, I think back then he didn't know if well, anyone would like support yeah. him. And then when they did the reunion shows, I think like five, six years ago, yeah. they were like, we're going to get through this. We're going to wheel you around Edinburgh. And they're yeah. like, we forgot about the cobblestones in Edinburgh. Uh, yeah. How are you going to get a wheelchair it. around this? Yeah. yeah. And like with this thing is, as you were saying, is like acting or anything like that comedian, it's, there's a real physicality with Mm. that. So to like, to have to face that idea that your body, that you literally is your job, like moving it around and doing the things that that you have to do Mm. is for whatever you don't have control over it anymore, you could understand why Tim would just like, no. like no. And be well, seen to be like, oh, yeah. maybe I'll be a liability. Maybe this would be well, Especially since the Doug Anthony All-Stars, their shtick was so much like physical slapstick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what, that what, that's what got the lols. So yeah. exactly. Like the more out there and sometimes even yeah. disgustingly violent, like <laughs> safely, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, they would get the laughs. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So, but it's so good that they're touring again. Aren't they back together? That they're they, doing like something? They had a series on ABC called Tick Effing Talk, uh, where yeah. it kind of went like, this is why they broke up and them kind of talking in retrospect. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's getting Richard Filer back, it's getting Tim Ferguson back, and yeah. it's getting Paul McDermott back and just really discussing like those what? days. And it's yeah. really, it's a really lovely nostalgic piece, but also like, yeah, yeah they're, they're, I think Tim's running out of time in a way. And yeah. it's kind of their last ode to him. Yeah. Which is so sad, but mm. then so beautiful at the same time. So yeah. it's that, yeah, it's that, uh, the life, it's the life, yeah, the life part of it. But he's mm. still here with us, so we can yeah. enjoy exactly. every little bit. <laughs> exactly. Also talking about like actors using their craft and their body as a craft and mm. like watch this segue just deteriorate <laughs> as, as I try and explain it Let's is it. Kate Blanchett was at the Rome Fist Film Festival last mm. week or like early last week late last week anyway she was talking about straight actors playing gay roles essentially mm-hmm. and saying that as an actor your job is to tell a story and yep. do like you know do the thing so as actors is that you should be able to play straight actors should be able to play gay roles um and she said like during this this conversation um and as relation to carol yeah absolutely yeah mm. um that she said i will fight to the death for the right to suspend disbelief and play roles beyond my experience reality television and all that that entails had an extraordinary impact a profound impact on the way we view the creation of character i think it provides a lot of opportunity but the downside of it is that we now particularly in, in america we expect and only expect certain people 
people to make a profound connection to the character when it's close to their experience. So effectively saying that it's only people who have had those experiences can play those roles. And it's not what people are pushing. Yeah. It's just now that these people yeah. have more visibility, we should offer those opportunities yeah. to those people yeah. who haven't been offered those opportunities yeah. in Absolutely. the past. And this is this is the thing. That's why I think that there's like two conversations that are happening there. Mm. Absolutely. In the sense that as an actor, your voice should never be stifled, is that your role is to be other people all the time. Absolutely. I get that. But the other conversation that's happening right now is that are you casting people because like the whole Scarlett Johansson, like don't get an an Asian to do that. And it's just also the idea of the effectively what we need to do is treat everyone that they are on the same playing level, like the same playing field, level playing field. And it's like, no, you might have been cast because of your profile. Yeah, as opposed to what you can do. And even that you go back and look at like Oscar nominated and award award winning male actors who have played gay characters and won so it. Brave. Yeah. So yeah. brave. But there have been so many that have yeah. won. But then the reality is, is like how many gay men have played gay characters and they then also got the acclaim. Yeah. They get so, shunned out of Hollywood. And that's what I mean. Like it needs to be, if it's a lip, like if it's a pl- – why can I say level playing field? It's a level playing field and that's what we need to do. We need to get it to the point where it's all equal mm-hmm. and then, yes, everyone can play everyone because you know that there is no kind of – like, first of all, everyone has to be able to be at the table and right now I don't feel everyone is at the table and so right now we have to make sure that we are letting people to the table. Like we were having the conversation before where it's like – it's all well and good for a straight person to play a trans actor as as long as trans people can play straight people in the same like fluidity that you just go, you're straight, yeah. you can do that, you can do that, you can do that, you can do that. But the reality is, is right now is straight people are playing trans people because people, yeah. they go, no, there's no one who can do it. And it's like, yes, there yes, are. Yeah. You're just not inviting them to the table. table. So that's what I mean. It's like we get to the point where everyone's at the table, everyone's equal, everyone's happy, everyone's like, yes. And then we can go, look, just, you know, put your name in the hat, everyone, because you know that the reason why they're doing it is because now it's just back to the acting, back to the making belief, making the craft, doing all that stuff. And Kate's an amazing character, like character actor. Mm. Incredible. But she also has to realise, okay, now that there are more opportunities that now we're writing and uh, kind of featuring more diverse stories, it also means, all right, I love these characters, but I also should take a seat back because yeah. and let people who haven't had the opportunities that I mm. have as a white cis woman. Yeah. And that's like, yeah. And that's, you know, I've always had access to this and, yeah. you know, I can keep playing a damn queen like she was yeah. in Elizabeth. Yeah. We're not saying don't stop doing, doing that. that. And, but you know, a lot of people that haven't had these opportunities yep. and now it's their time. Yep. Now is the yep. time. Yeah. And that's the thing too, that you do. Yeah. It's, it's, it is one of those, it's a hard thing because it's so complex mm. and you kind of just have to dismantle it first before 
like you protect it. So that's why I think that there's a certain level of protecting what the system is right now. Because, mm. I mean, like you look back to Shakespeare and like men were playing female roles like mm. because the women idea was women weren't allowed. Yeah. So it's the kind of same mentality that you're going, oh, these play- people will play these roles because they're not allowed to do it. And it's mm. like, well, why aren't they allowed? We're questioning, well, why aren't they? They're just as good. They're just as qualified. They should be getting these opportunities. And that's also not to say that like, especially when it comes to real life stories and depictions of someone telling their story and then getting an actor to play that part is I'm sure that a lot of people might have preferences of who they would envision play, like tell their life story. Mm -hmm. And I think that that plays in a different part, like to a certain extent that people might be able to go, no one's going to specifically do something that is. Because there was, um, when they did that biopic of Carlotta. Yes. um, Jessica Murray played Carlotta. Yeah. And people, People were really upset. She's like, she's a you know, straight white cis yep. woman playing Carlotta. Mm-hmm. This is wrong. We should have got a trans actor. But it turns yep. out actually Carlotta herself wanted. wanted her because to her she's like, I wanted a woman to play me because yep. to myself I don't identify as a trans woman. I am just a woman. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is the other thing mm. too. And that's what I mean like uh, – back to my table analogy when everyone comes to the table is like I envision this table it is like a free conversation that that is that fluidity where someone can say this is what I want and people respect that as opposed to imposing their views on a oh no we can't get I was like it was like crazy rich Asians where they were like oh we want to get the film but we just want to swap all the Asians out to some something else like that's that's what I mean like that kind of conversation is ridiculous Mm. there's not a respect in that like no. so that's what I mean if you can just get to a point where it's all just everyone's wishes everyone's great everyone's sort of yeah like that. and yeah. it's like even if you don't if you know they're not your preferred actor person who is probably of that community mm-hmm. at least get them in on the crew or give them opportunities yeah, within absolutely. that project yeah yeah and make it, yeah, that's the thing is like, don't be like, this is our club. You can't come into our club. Yeah. Unless, Inclusion writers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're just like, oh, you can only come in if you play token characters or stereotypical mm-hmm. characters, then that's yeah. not fair. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like Kate Blanchett has a point, but we're not there yet. Yes, we're not yeah. where you so, can play everyone that yeah. you want to. And we know you'd love to. Yeah, exactly. You can't right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So I understand it in, in an ideal world. That's yeah. exactly. But I think that... We're maybe talking about two different things that are happening co- concurrently and we're like maybe someone has put it together or like giving Kate the benefit of the doubt is maybe someone took her words out of context and mm-hmm. she was just talking about the craft of acting and someone's gone, oh, that sounds like the conversations that we're having now. But without hearing her whole speech, maybe that what I just said was completely out of lie. So <laughs> I don't know. You know, but you know how it goes. Some people just will they'll fight for their right yeah. to play everyone. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're um, looking at you, Scarlett. <laughs> well, let's in more exciting news. Well, I, I can't even say would it be exciting news, but I'm really excited for it because yeah, Tyler, you're a big Drag Race fan. Uh, the hugest Drag Race fan. It is amazing. And so when I saw the trailer <laughs> that has come out for um, Super Drags, which is essentially like the Powerpuff Girls meets RuPaul's Drag Race meets Adult Swim. Yes. It, so it's not for kids, even though it's, no, it's very Powerpuff yeah, Girls. Yeah, in this esky, it's esky. Yeah. It is definitely like 
adult swim yeah. style of humor. Absolutely. Do not let your children <laughs> yeah. watch it because no children be, unattended. Because there are a lot of dick yeah. jokes. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yeah. Even from the trailer, oh I was gosh. like, oh my god! I was because I clicked on it when I saw it at work, going, oh cool, and then I was like. I know that this is cartoony. I know that this should be all right, but I was, I may have been blushing to be like, what the, what is happening? Mm. Not for children, definitely. No, but yeah. it, yeah, it features three drag superheroines um, and they are voiced by Shangela, who was robbed of the crown <laughs> oh during God. All Stars, Ginger Minge and Trixie, Trixie Mattel, Mattel yeah. as well as Willem is yep. in the mix as well. Yep. It's a good, like, I love it. In but it's drag of, superstars, like, saving yeah. the world while making a lot of innuendo. <laughs> oh, a lot of innuendo. But then there's also a lot of the glitter, sparkle, funness, sass, the reading, the everything. The everything that goes to, look, let's be honest, if I needed to be saved by anything or anyone, <laughs> I would want it to be, like, a drag queen with superheroes, oh. <laughs> which would be the dream every single day of the week. But I love it when you hear, like, especially when the equality campaign was going on, marriage equality campaign was going on. Yeah. And, like, it brought out the worst in some people. Oh, and yes. they, like, you know, go on Oxford Street and just be really abusive to some people. And then one guy got a bit too in the face of some people at on yep. Oxford Street and then got smacked down by a bunch <laughs> of drag queens. And I'm like, yep. you do not want to mess no. with a six-foot-tall man no. in platform heels. Exactly. Like that man can run in heels. Yep. You know how scary that is? I was about to say in a full circle to Sabrina. Like That is skill. That is witchcraft. Being <laughs> able to perform <laughs> in those stiletto heels mm-hmm. to be able to like create the faces that they create. They are artists. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like seriously, I cannot even cover a pimple on my face and they can just completely recreate everything. Yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. But that's when is it coming out? Oh. November eight. Oh. On Netflix. But Two that might away. this but that might be American November eight, so it also might be November nine. Who knows anymore? It'd be really funny if it's like I know it's like a Netflix show, but I can just imagine Stan's like, We have the rest of RuPaul. I know. You give I it don't to understand. us. <laughs> I don't understand. But look, I will take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Any channel streaming service you give it to me, I will watch it. Uh. Well, Tali, thank you for another wonderful gaggle of geeks. No, thank you, Sophie. <laughs> You're doing some really creepy things with your eyes right now. I'm just going to avert eye contact. Avert eye contact, avert eye contact. Um, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can also hear a shortened version of this podcast on So Hot right now on Saturday mornings. So hot. So hot. The hardest. Until next time, I'm Sophie. I'm Tali. Bye. Bye.